I just thought of a question. I could imagine if I was if I was listening to a podcast and I you know I'm just you know just taking the red pill and I'm thinking okay so you fair enough you're saying surround yourself with people who are like-minded surround yourself with somebody else who's an entrepreneur how do, how do I meet someone like that Another episode of the Red Pill Generation. What up, bitches? Huh? I'm bringing back old tradition. I'm drinking red wine. It's Cafe Mocha. Sexy, sultry. And I'm um, joined by my co-host. This is Mr. Tesseract coming to you live from Saigon. I was just thinking, did you take What Up, Bitches from Joe Rogan? Hey, I've talked about it. I referenced him on the podcast already, man. <laughs> yeah, every time <laughs> every is... time you do What Up, Bitches, we have to credit Joe Rogan. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's Tess over in Saigon, chilling, just uh, working that dropshipping life, content creation, you know, the usual. And uh, speaking of content creation and such, oh wait, you you want to try and diss me? Go ahead. I, I heard that little. I was, start I was, there. I was, no, 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 I said I said, listen, you know, I, I love Joe Rogan, but I, I've made that what up bitches into my own thing, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah, actually, doesn't he say like what up freak bitches? Yeah, he's like, oh, that's what I said, man. What up? I didn't say freak bitches, but he says, like, well, what up, freak bitches? Yeah. You know? you, what up, freak bitches? If White Boy was here, or Ash, he would have been drinking this Tempranalilo. It's a Spanish wine, you know, yeah, 2012. Didn't you guys usually have, season. like, what was it, $8 wine? What was that? Hey, hey, bro. Why, why, why are you snitching? What's, what's up with that? Huh? It's just unnecessary. They don't need to know how much the wine costs. Hey, just need to know hey, the name. you gotta be yeah. proud of being cheap, man. Just like they I'm, just proud, need to know I'm that proud of my heritage, you should be proud of your cheapness too. We've talked about they just, this. They, <laughs> they just need to know that the wine was in season, alright? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. uh, we gotta keep face that right. we're actually, you know, super, super millionaire successful someday in the future. Of course, yeah. <laughs> It's, Which, red, uh, it's Red Pill Generation. <laughs> Our website looks official now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen the new website, you better go check it out, like right now. Like, just yeah. just pause this, and go check it out, and then cream your pants, and then come back. Yeah, of course. You know, before we had the MySpace looking Red Pill Gen. <laughs> it looked like a MySpace page. Tom, Tom would have been <laughs> proud. Uh, yeah. And back yeah. in MySpace, what was that like? Nineteen ninety two? No. Okay, no, ninety eight, maybe ninety nine. MySpace, MySpace was the sixties. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, but um, we're talking about you know getting into the millions. We have an important discussion today about uh, entrepreneurship, and that's about how having someone who's kind of doing the same thing as you in entrepreneurship, or maybe not even doing the exact same thing as you, but who's just along an entrepreneurship journey can really help you out, and it's almost necessary to. I would say survive the entrepreneurial ups and downs. Yeah, and it's also parlaying that idea into not just like helping you navigate ups and downs, but keeping you motivated, you know, <laughs> giving you new ideas, like just having that support system, having somebody who's like-minded is just ultimately going to help you grow as an entrepreneur or even just as a person in general. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um, you know, you can apply this to any any field in life. I mean, um, shout out to a podcast I really listened to of ours with uh, David de las Morenas, How to Beast. And we're talking about mentors and the importance of mentors in a lot of different fields. Back then, I think it was pickup. But if you're if you're with someone who's a mentor, obviously, and who's farther along in the journey, they can definitely help you out and bring you along. But if you're working with someone who's like-minded and who's serious about what they're doing, you can bounce ideas off each other and go back and forth. And um, in our accountability group, which was effectively or affectionately named Knox, no excuses, um, one of the weekly challenges we had, this was set up by White Boy actually, was to contact, I think it was like three of our, of the people we really admired or who we thought would be unreachable, and ask them just like two questions. 
And one of the people I reached out to was Sean Ogle. And I said, Sean, what, uh, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs? And I think I, he gave me two pieces of advice, but one I remember was like, surround yourself with someone doing the same thing as you are because it's going to make the journey like a thousand times easier. And when you want to give up, they're going to keep you from giving up. Yeah, man, for sure. Like, uh, at the same time, it's like when you start to start slacking, for example, you know, let's say you feel a little bit lazy, it's been two weeks, and then you talk to your buddy and your buddy's like, yeah, what, what, you ask your buddy, what did you do last week? Well, I went to the gym, you know, I, I signed this client, or I did this, I, I wrote an article, um, I did a guest post on this blog, and, and then you go like, fuck, I'm not, I didn't do much last week. You feel pressure. You feel a little bit of a sense of like, you can't slack because your closest friend, who's also an entrepreneur, is on point, you know? Yeah, obviously it's a balance between like you know, working too hard versus not doing anything. But for sure, if you have someone who's constantly pushing and then you start not pushing at all, then you're going to have to get off your ass to do something. And uh, obviously, this uh, it's a, I, can't, I can't think of the word right now, but it's, it's good that Mocha and I are kind of doing this because we were we were chatting here and there not as much as we have been in the recent weeks i'd say in the past month we've been going man like there was one week where we had oh god how many hours do you think of whatsapp voice messages do we have back and forth <laughs> uh, i don't know man like four i don't i have no idea yeah I and, told- and i mean you have to you have to take into consideration if you're going to do four hours let's say in a day you record like 20, 30 minutes on your phone of messages, like two minute, one minute messages, 30 second messages. You have like 30, 40 messages that you leave for somebody. Yeah. You know, and uh, then, and then and every, and like every last message of ours was like, sorry for raping your phone. Sorry for raping your phone. And I would look forward to Mocha's messages, but I'd be like, fuck. I have to listen to the like half an hour of goddamn messages now. Jesus. But it was, was it all back ha- and forth about like discussion about drop shipping, then content creation, then the than the podcast so it was really amazing but it was also really like ah oh, crap so much to listen to yeah for example if you're listening to this podcast right now uh first of all you should be having a glass of wine saying happy anniversary to red pill generation motherfuckers because we will have released a compilation episode so we were talking about that not just one compilation episode it's become my original idea was to do two compilation <coughs> episodes probably 30 minutes best of you know kind of a mixture of funny moments and then a mixture of like inspirational moments and just even just red pill knowledge business whatever um and it's kind of turned into this thing now where i'm editing it at this moment and it's looking like it's going to be four episodes (laughs) four or five episodes so it's like we were talking about that and we're talking about other ideas that we have for the podcast going forward and people that we want to interview and and then of course i'm working on sourcing sourcing business and you know tess is working on his drop shipping business and we're doing very very similar things right now like a lot of the things that we're doing correlate and we're going back and forth with you know bouncing ideas off of each other he's tried things that i haven't done before and i've tried things that he hasn't done before so it's us you know that back and forth and we don't feel shy about you know, showing each other that we don't know anything because I'm not talking to a mentor. I'm not talking to a master. You know, I'm not talking to this guy who's done this 20 times over. I'm talking to somebody who's done it maybe one or two times more than me, and he's my friend. So I feel comfortable to ask questions. Right. Yeah, and the other thing is, for example, we have uh, different strengths and weaknesses. One of my weaknesses is I love to have control over everything. It's just I like doing things my way, and it's and it comes from psychology of like thinking that if I let someone else do it, they'll either do it crappy or let me down. So one of the big things I've gotten into is starting to outsource. And, I, and I'm learning it actually on my job. One of the things I'm very grateful for it. Um, and reading Chris Ducker's Virtual Freedom, which is all about outsourcing. And um, I've been bouncing a few ideas off Mocha, but I know as the day, days go on, uh, I'm going to have to bounce more ideas off him. Because he he already is thinking of ways to kind of outsource and automate some of the business processes that are in his sourcing business. And for me, I'm pretty good at seeing the patterns, but again, it's hard for me to let go of control. So if I have someone from the outside 
who's kind of helping with that, helping me with that, that's good. Because again, this is not just with entrepreneurship, but this is in life in general. We're all trapped within our own minds and, and thinking these things. Um, and without someone to kind of pull you out and give you an outside perspective, you could be really narrowing your focus and you could be missing something really crucial. So having someone else kind of be like, hey, you know, did you try this or did you think about this? Um, as long as you're willing to drop your ego and say, hey, you know, that's not a bad idea. I mean, I I'm so happy you suggested that. Now, like, I can fucking have so much less stress because, you know, someone suggested something and I was willing to try it. Or worst case, at least you can go back and forth and maybe get some more ideas flowing. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's just that thing where you you have somebody else doing the same thing as you that's going to inspire you. And like I said, you don't feel shy to ask certain questions, right? And uh, even like you you were saying that you have difficulties letting control, uh, letting go of control. I'm I'm similar, but at the same time, I think that I have an idea. Like I've worked, I, like I'm not. I, I initially, when I was in high school and college, I used to let go of control a lot. Now I've become somebody who likes to be in control, but I still have a part of me that does believe that other people can do certain things, and especially you know coming from the four-hour work week mindset, and you know you, you look at some of the most successful people in the world, and you know, they trust their their employees and they try to figure out you know who they, they they focus on hiring good people so that they don't have to worry about certain things and yeah I, i'm i'm thinking for me with sourcing is that my first hire or whatever it is i will pay her or him more money if they are you know the best possible candidate for that situation just so that i don't have to worry about them making mistakes and i can you know outsource a lot of projects to them and I can you know, delegate a lot of work to them. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all, I was going to mention four-hour work week, but it's also like, for me, even though, for example, I could continue doing SEO stuff with my content creation stuff, um, I don't enjoy doing it and I'm not an SEO specialist, so why can I not hire someone who's going to be, say, equivalent, the equivalent uh, skill as me, and I get to spend... Um, even half an hour an, hour, an extra hour doing something like making a new product, which is something I do enjoy doing. Um, so sometimes it's also like with outsourcing, you know, just getting rid of the shit you just really don't want to do. But that's just a whole other topic, right? But yeah, I, I think the and the letting go is definitely important. So you focus on the most important things with your business, but it, it's just necessary. You can't do everything, and there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even even just in general, taking advice from other people. This is a little bit off topic, but uh, because I'm doing the compilation episode, I, re I recently listened to um, an episode where we interviewed Rohan Mahimkar, who's our good friend. And he was talking about, you know, I asked him about how he interacts with his employees. And one of the things he said that really stuck out to me, and I think this should be like a quote that he has on his Facebook page or something. Mm -hmm. like, he, he, he said uh, he would happily be wrong. Oh, yeah, I remember ten. this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said he would, be happily, he would happily be wrong nine times out of ten if that means that they're making the best decision for his company to grow forward, you know. That, and I thought that was an amazing quote. It's just the idea that, you know, you're putting your ego aside so much that it doesn't matter if you're wrong 90% of the time, if your employees are right, you know, 90% of the time, as long as that means it's the best decision for the company. Yeah, right? or best decision for you, it's like, for example, just whatever, right before this podcast, I was showing Mocha a logo I was designing for one of my websites, and uh, I was like, oh, this doesn't seem too bad, and I showed it to him, and he's like, I don't like it. I'm like, really? It's like, no, and he gave me these reasons, I'm like, hmm, that's not bad, actually. Okay, let me try it another way zero fucks given i'm just like all right um because i know that mocha's trying to help me out and give me the best the best thing that will give me the best results for my business and give me success so i mean how is that bad that's that's amazing that's great not to like suck each other's dicks but i'm kind of curious okay so we're talking about how we're supporting each other right and we're trying to convince people out there, oh, you know, why should you have somebody else who is there to support you in terms of entrepreneurship, like-minded? 
get, can you give me an example of a situation recently where I helped you, where you felt maybe very unsure or you felt like your friends uh, were not able to help you as much in Vietnam and then, you know, you reached out to me? Are we talking about specifically entrepreneurship? I guess we are, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Let me think. Uh, okay. Well, this is one. It's not. It's not really. Um, I would say related to like a business process, but it's something dealing with people and and business. Um, well, I can tell you before, like you know the the vacation thing. You think that counts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So um, right now, what I do is like I'm obviously helping or like working on RPG. But my two main projects right now are one is a dropshipping business, and and I work with that. Uh, I work on that with a friend in Vietnam, and the other is uh, content creation, kind of eBooks and stuff. So for my the the place I spend the most time right now is is dropshipping, and I had to go. I um, we were planning this big trip around Asia with uh, a whole bunch of guys. It's it's one month. Well, some people are only staying for two weeks, but I want to go for a full month. And I had told my boss or friend this, r- like right when I started working with him, which was two, two and a half months ago. And I kept telling him all throughout, like, hey, you know, I'm going to buy a ticket soon. And, you know, I'm planning to be gone for a month. And he had been, he had seemed to be cool with it. But now that I'd booked the tickets, I wanted to kind of talk to Mocha about um, going up to him, how I approach the subject, what could happen, all this kind of stuff. And I was getting really nervous because I was like, oh, what if he says no and this and this? And I had like planned out kind of responses to him given if uh, he said like, you can go, you can go, but you have to work during it, or no, you're not allowed. And pretty much what Mocha was saying is like, yeah, you know, it sounds like you gave him advance notice and seems like a decent guy, so probably what he's going to say is, yeah, that's fine, but you have to do X, Y, and Z before you leave, and guess what happened? I told him, he's like, yeah, that's fine, but you know, you have to do this and this and this before you leave, right? Which is perfect. Um, yeah. But if I was just caught in my own head, stressing out for no reason, I wouldn't be able to bounce ideas off him and hear what he thinks would actually happen, because I'm stuck in my own head. But it really helped, and of course, what he said actually came to pass, and I get to leave a full month from my job, um, another pro of uh, being a digital nomad, but we don't even have to go into that. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess I'll throw the the same question back to you. Is there something that I helped you out with uh, recently? Uh, for me, it's two things. There was uh, the the first one is really short. I can just say because you've written a book recently, um, that sort of planted the idea in my brain that I could do the same thing. And that goes into, you know, when you're hanging out with people who are like-minded and everyone's in, improving themselves, when you see your friend do something amazing, you don't think, oh my God, he's done something amazing, I'll, I hate that guy, he doesn't deserve it. You think, wow, that's great, that's amazing. I think I could do the same thing because we've done so many things together and, and we're buddies and I know that if I wanted to write a book, I could reach out to this person who's done it before, I could possibly even take the exact same process that they've done right um so that was the first one i think in terms of just having that i had a fear before about writing a book i think that um i'm naturally a creative person i i think you know this is not to suck my own dick but <laughs> i think i'm intelli- i think i'm intelligent i think you know i can come up with creative narratives but my thinking before was that if i was going to write a book i was going to write something that was going to be fiction like i was going to write a novel uh, that's when I was in high school. I used to think about that, and then as I started to get older, I thought I would write nonfiction, but like an autobiography, in my like fucking fifties, you know. So I thought in that situation I'll probably have a ghostwriter, and somebody would be talking about the amazing life of Cafe Boca, you know. <laughs> it would be one of those things. But now I'm thinking, man, like in a year or two, I could talk about my experiences in China. You know, I could write a book about people doing business in China or how to immigrate to China, or even just having immigrated from Zambia to the States, to Canada, to China. I could talk about how I've made friends and how I've assimilated into all these yeah, different now, now you're giving me ideas for more books. 
<laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just one of those things. Of see, like, okay, hey, now see, I know. real real time, Sorry? real time helping out each real, other right here. Real time, yeah, exactly. So like that sort of inception was like, okay, I can do that. I could you know write a book. That's possible. You know, it's not impossible. And then the second thing would be, you know, recently I traveled to Shenzhen, and I ended up meeting up with this guy who's. He's doing business in China. He's not really an entrepreneur, but he's doing business in China. He works for a, a Dutch company. And um, essentially what they do is if you are a company, like a foreign company, and you want to come to China, you want to open up a branch here, you contact this company. They set you up with an office. They set you up with the Hong Kong Limited Company, and then they set you up with an office in China. They handle all your paperwork uh, your visas, they you know they do the R and D for you. They actually do into market research, and and then you just pay them a lump sum. So let's say you pay them ten thousand dollars, and then they do the whole process for you. So they're just taking away all the headache. So it's a cool business model. But you know, I went to meet out and met up with him when I was in Shenzhen, and I was like having a conversation with him about sort of you know enter China and, and you know uh, different like mastermind forums and just business in general and we kind of had a disagreement about enter china because in enter china you have to pay you have to pay to be a member right so he was just telling me like oh it's so ridiculous why would you pay five hundred dollars to be a part of this forum that you don't know about and you don't understand all these things and you know i, was, I felt i found myself justifying you know the reason why i'm part of enter china you know and the reason why there's value there the reason why you know somebody would take that leap of faith, the reason why you know like I was trying to justify myself, and what I forgot is that when you are, when you take the red pill, you know, no pun intended, but when you take the red pill, you are doing things that are very different from the average individual. So people's reactions when they hear you do something like pay five hundred dollars towards a mastermind forum, when you don't know what content is in the mastermind forum. They just automatically say it's five hundred dollars. Why the fuck would you do that? It doesn't make sense. The way I looked at it is, I'm coming from an abundance mentality. I'm like, I can pay five hundred dollars right now. If it turns out that the forum sucks, then I lose five hundred dollars. If it turns out that the forum is amazing, if I make a thousand dollars off of this forum, it's already worth it. If I make five hundred and one dollars off of the forum, then it's already worth it. And for sure, I've made that money back now, and it looks like I'm going to make a ton of money because I met my current mentor through the forum. And uh, where Tess helped me was just kind of because I was beating, I was like, you know, feeling very judged. And I was feeling kind of down, and I spoke to Tess about it, and then he just kind of reminded me to not give a fuck about these people. Like they don't know, they don't know me, they don't understand it, they're not part of our world. And that was the that was the main thing is just having somebody else who could remind me what red pill is because you do have those moments you feel have those weak moments where you're hanging out with a bunch of blue pill people and you know you feel the need to fit in because these are your friends but at the same time like they're not part of our they're not part of the red pill mentality so that's 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 like a perfect moment as to why you need somebody else doing the same thing that you're doing right. Yeah, well, I'm glad I could help you out, but uh, it's it's definitely something I've been uh, excuse me become more aware of. Is I'm very grateful for the friends I have here, but they're not along the exact same path I am. I mean, a lot of them are business minded for sure, and I I want to get more hooked into the uh, the digital nomad community here in Saigon. But sometimes you see people doing like I'll give you an example. I work uh, six days a week because I work the drop shipping. Uh, business and I work on my own stuff and I take one day off um, but my friends for example they most of them are working nine to fives so they have a lot more social time they're going out for dinners all the time uh, some of them you know might not even go to the gym and they have two days off on the weekend and sometimes I'm like fuck like I want like I do have free time don't get me wrong but sometimes I'm like fuck I, I wish I had more free time and this and then I kind of start doubting myself like am I putting in time for no reason and it helps to either have Mocha say, hey, you know, like, you know, it's part of the grind. This is what it is. And, you know, you have to look kind of into the future where you have, you've gained, kind of like you've gained the right to have more free time. 
But it's also like, of course, if you're only working a nine to five sort of job, you're going to have more free time, and and there's a sacrifice you have to make being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's like, and especially if you're working like two jobs, I mean, you're going to have less time, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy your life. Yeah, it's like when you're doing nine to five, you are in a position where you work from X time to this time, X time to X time. You once you're finished work, you can turn off your work brain. You don't have to worry about it. The company's closed. Nothing's going on. So after work, it's done. And then on the weekends, you're free. Friday, you know, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday the whole day, and Sunday the whole day. You're completely free. You don't have to worry about your business. Whereas when you're an entrepreneur, you are working. You're on the clock all the time. You're like a doctor. You're you're on the clock mm. on the time. You you cannot sleep. You cannot. Um, you cannot just be like, oh, I, I'm, I'm completely turned off from work. It doesn't work like that. You need to be on the money. You need to be able to bounce back into work at any given moment, you know. Yeah, and I mean, like, to, to be blunt or to be fair, I set up my days, not sort of 9 to 5, but, like, you know, I have my set working hours. But sometimes, you know, something changes. I have to push work later. And, uh, like, even now we're recording this podcast. It's later at night. Um, and I'm always thinking of new ideas and I'll have to like sometimes like pop open my Evernote and write things down because there's always stuff going on versus back in the day when I was doing more 9 to 5 and I was working in engineering, go in, put my hours in and pretty much come home. Except for one job I really liked, but most of the jobs I was like, you know, put my hours in and then go home and then just do other shit. So yeah, it's a definitely a huge change and, you know, would I, would I change what I have for that? No, because I know where I'm going. Like, I've gotten good guiding lights. I'm going in the right path, and I've had success. And to do that, and then to be able to cut my hours down, and then to be able to be my own boss is worth it, way worth it, in my opinion. And again, like I said, even despite having less time than someone who's a 9-to-5-er, I have free time, and, you know, I, I'm okay with it, and... Even let's say I decided that it wasn't good enough, then I could change. But you know, I'm I'm happy right now, so you know that's okay. So I just thought of a question. I could imagine if I was if I was listening to a podcast, and I you know I'm just you know just taking the red pill, and I'm thinking, okay, so you fair enough. You're saying surround yourself with people who are like minded. Surround yourself with somebody else who's an entrepreneur. How do, how do I meet someone like that? What do what, what uh, do you think? Okay, so. I think there's a bunch of things. So I think the first thing is if you don't know anyone, um, and this this might sound a bit weird, but I would say start watching, listening, and reading books, all this type of stuff from successful people. So I'm big into motivational uh, videos from you know uh, or motivational compilations, but you know just watching things from like Warren Buffett, um, Jim Carrey, uh, Will Smith. Um, Tim Ferriss, like any entrepreneur, you're starting to Anthony surround Robbins. Anthony Robbins. Thank you. You're surrounding yourself with these people, and you know you don't personally know them, but you're starting to take in their information. Second thing is, you know, talking about more mediums is things like podcasts, so Tropical MBA, uh, Joe Rogan Experience, um, you know, Enter China, all that type of stuff. You're gonna start putting all this, all these things in your brain. Then what do you do? Okay, so you've got like the non-personal approach and then it's time to go meet people so then it's time to go to forums so there's the enter china forum there's the rich v forum um there's location 180 and location rebel is the sean ogle program then there's dynamite circle if you're more advanced um and there's the you have to put yourself out there and depending on the city you're in you could also use things like uh what's that meetup.com right and you can search yep. for entrepreneurship groups, digital marketing groups, copywriting Toastmasters. groups. Toastmasters. Toastmasters. Like, you, you have to put your work in, but there's so many resources out there. And, you know, to be fair, I think we're very fortunate because we first met through Pickup and then we started going into business, you know, around the same time. And now we're, we've been good friends for, what now, like three years? So yep. we're real lucky. And But at the same time, in our own home cities, we're trying to meet you know, more business-minded people, but you, you definitely have to put the work in to, to, to meet and, and network. Essentially, it's like it's almost the same model you follow when you do pickup, right? Because when you start doing pickup, 
at least when I started doing pickup, I read pickup books. I was listening to pickup podcasts. I was watching pickup YouTube videos. And then the next step from that was finding forums. And I, you know, post up a profile on a forum. And then I was too shy to reach out to people. But at least I put my profile there and I, I put like a little bio and whatever. And then people reached out to me and invited me to events. And then it's showing up, showing up to the events and then talking to people. You know, that's, that's like the, the, the process is fairly straightforward. Yeah. It, it is. I think. Listen to the. Hmm? So, no, sorry. Yeah. You keep going. You keep going. <laughs> It is, you know, taking the information, listen to the people that you want to be like. Then, you know, start looking for people who aspire to be like that through the internet, which is the best way to connect with people. And then from there, it's showing up to the actual events. Once you're at the events, talk to people, you know, just to talk about what you're interested in doing. Be honest. If you're, if you're not that successful, be honest. If you're not that happy with where you are in your business, be honest. Because you don't know, like, if you meet somebody... And you go like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working at this company and it's great, but you're lying. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm making X amount of money and I'm, 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 I'm so happy. You're lying to that person. You don't know who that person is. If you tell them that you're unhappy in your job, if you tell them that you're not making as much money as you'd want to, that person could be trying to start a business and they could be interested in working with you or they could have a business running and they could be interested in, in hiring you. So you, you don't know, you need to be honest and you just need to, you know, be, show up and be honest, I think. You know. Talking about honesty, like, I, I agree, I guess it is kind of the same process. And we've talked about this before, how there are so many similar patterns and corollaries in life, like in multiple avenues or uh, multiple areas. It, it's like the same process. But for me, like when I went to pick up, obviously, in a much different place, it was more about ego and kind of showing up and putting on face. And I specifically, I don't know, I know I did mention this to Mocha when I went into business, uh, as opposed to pick up where I just read a bunch of books and then did nothing because of fear. Business I read, well, I'd read the four-hour work week before, but I read Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco and then Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath. And then I just went and did the business and guess what? It turned out pretty well. And I learned by making mistakes and taking action versus just sitting and doing nothing. Um, so much different process. I'm not gonna lie. Like as much as I, I you know, I I attend entrepreneurship meetups and then I, I hang out with entrepreneurs. I meet people all the time. There is a little bit of ego involved for me with like reading business books. You know, to be able to tell someone, yeah, I read Outliers. <laughs> you know, it's it's just, it's just one of those things. You know, like right now I'm reading um, Seth Godin's Purple Cow. Yeah, and a big a big part of it is. I know the kind of people that have read this book and I know I want to be like those people. And at the same time, I know that when I talk to certain people and I say I've read Purple Cow, if they know the book, they'll kind of, I guess, it displays higher value if you want to go into the pickup. <laughs> oh thing. my God. So there, there is a little bit. False time constraint, you'll be fine. There is a little bit of, of ego involved. I, of course, I'm reading the books to better myself, to learn from, you know, the books and uh, apply those things into my own know business but there is just a tiny bit of ego is a part of me that wants to be yeah. the law if you're if you speak mandarin the laoban which means boss yeah yeah i mean <laughs> it, it's kind of dawned on me how many books i've read since i started pick up and it, it, it's actually crazy because i i never used to be a huge reader i mean i had to read for school and stuff but now i'm just like oh my god there's so much cool information out there even if it's not directly related to business like, um, I have this weird interest now in, like, cryptography and relearning some type of uh, math, and then there's psychology. I mean, man, there's so much interesting shit out there. I'm going to be reading until, like, I'm in my grave. I thought of something else. I want to partly, you know, the whole... So, how you we know how to meet people. We're talking about why we should meet people. I want to talk about our experiences as being part of a group of, I want to say, eight individuals who are all striving to do similar things. And we all started via pickup. And the interesting thing about being in that bubble, how does it affect you positive and, uh, positively and negatively? Mm. Um, I would say, actually, this is a good, a good example. Um, so at the beginning of pickup, um, where we weren't as, I would say, balanced as people, 
you 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 tend to take on the beliefs of the the people you're around. So, for example, um, when I was in, with more pickupy guys, or we were in more of a pickupy vibe, you know, kind of like I don't want to bash RSD too much, but you know, the stereotypical RSD sort of thing. You take on those beliefs and 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 that dogma, and for example, how you view women and how you interact with people are 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 um, are you just using people and what your value is based on? And, for example, if everyone you hang around with thinks the number one most important thing is sex and, and family and all this other stuff drops by the wayside, then you're going to start to believe that because we haven't mentioned this quote yet, but I think most people know this, but you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. And that, that's your beliefs, that's how you treat people, that it actually translates into your salary and how good you are with women. Like, it, it's just a universal thing. So you can you can be affected negatively if, for example, all the people around you are depressed, all the people are very uh, bad with women, all of them are, have negative beliefs. You will just take them on because you don't have a choice. And yeah. if you're in a positive state, so let's say uh, everyone around you always sees the glass half full versus half empty. Everyone around you is reading. Then you're going to be like, oh, man, I should read. And uh, if everyone around you is going to the gym, you're like, maybe I should go to the gym, this sort of thing, right? So it's the momentum that these people build versus bringing you down. And um, I don't know, were you actually looking for specific examples? Well, no, I, I've got some ideas of examples myself. But just to add to what you were saying, is like even the first thing that we just said is begin to listen to the type of people you want to be like. So when you're listening to, let's say you have three, like I listen to about, I don't know how many, five or six podcasts. I listen to the Joe Rogan Experience. I listen to Tim Ferriss. I listen to the Tropical NBA. I listen to China Business Cast. I listen to I Love Marketing sometimes, not as much as I used to. Uh, and I listen to Radio Lab by W, from, by WNYC. Um, anyways, so I listen to those six and, a couple other ones that I can't think of right now, but when I listen to those, I'm constantly hearing from successful people. I'm constantly being reminded about books. Like all of these successful people tend to mention the same books over and over again. So it's like even if I, I in my head, I marked like I was supposed to read The Purple Cow two years ago because Rohan suggested it to me two years ago, and I didn't read it. And then you know I was listening to the Tim Ferriss experiment. Uh, I don't know, Tim Ferriss, Tim Ferriss podcast like recently, and I think he mentioned Purple Cow, and I said, "Oh yeah, fuck!" Like, Rohan talked about that book. I need to download that and listen to that right now. So it's just surrounding yourself with not just the people. Like, if you can't surround yourself with the people, surrounding yourself with even just the media of the kind of people that you want to be like are going to influence you to think differently, to read more, to be more healthy. You know. Um, in terms of our group, what I wanted to talk about specifically was, you know, we're, we were eight guys hanging out in Toronto and, you know, specifically at the beginning it was like pickup and we're going out, we're having sex with girls, we're, you know, working on ourselves, we're becoming confident. And then there was that moment where you kind of realize, like, let's say when people are busy and then you hang out with your old friends or you hang out with some new people and you realize the insecurities in a lot of different groups of people and just the lack of let's say drive in a lot of different groups of people and then you kind of realize that our group was very very uh specific in in our goals and, and our mindsets and most people are not like that so realizing that you're in that bubble you have to be prepared for that Yep. Yeah, actually, I can give an example. Like, I can give the roommate example, right? Um, so, recently, the, um, like with my roommates, there's been an issue with <clears throat> our bills. Um, since I moved in, they've been much higher. And I'm, it makes no sense because I think I'm using the same amount of electricity as the last roommate. But, you know, what I did was I let the the other roommates kind of pay the same amount they're used to paying, or maybe a bit more, and then I just pay the extra because I don't know why it's so high, and I'm going to investigate with like management, but you know it's it's fair. The problem that I was actually complaining to Mocha about, and I was really stressing out about, was my roommate was just being passive aggressive and not really discussing this with me, 
Um, she was just, you know, being very curt and not looking at me. Uh, whereas usually, or most of the time, she's very positive. So I'm like, this is nonsense because I'm used to dealing with people where if we have an issue, we just say, hey, you know, like, can we talk about this? I'm not happy. And then I'm like, oh, okay, uh, what's going on? And then we just discuss it like adults because passive aggressiveness and, and just indirectness is very childish. And Mocha was actually telling me yesterday, it's, um, it's, it's like you're afraid of confrontation versus in our group where, I mean, some, we're not perfect, obviously. We, we'll do this here and there, but much less than the average person. Um, yeah, and it's just something I'm not used to now, and it stresses me out because I don't have energy or time or patience to play, to play silly games. It's the same reason why I would never, ever, you know, deal with kind of nonsense that, you know, if it comes to a girl playing games, fuck that. It's just not worth it. Well, it all becomes a situation where right now, I think we look at things right now as being, is it, is this time efficient? Is this cost effective, right? So when you talk about being passive aggressive, if you're passive aggressive, it's not time efficient because you're not getting to the root point. You're like acting a certain way so that the person can notice and they feel a little bit uncomfortable, but they don't know why they feel uncomfortable. Then they kind of realize, oh, she's been rude to me two days in a row. What's going on here? Then you start thinking, what did I do wrong? Why Why would she be... Like, that's so much time is going... Yeah, it's, I was telling it's Mocha, like, like, my entire day yesterday was wasted because I was just thinking of all these things. I'm like, oh, what if I got kicked out and this and this and this? And I'm just like, can we just deal with this? It's so annoying. And even when I actually I approached her, she didn't want to talk about it right away. She's like, I have to do this. I'm like, really? Like, I don't have the patience for this. I got to, I like... I got enough stress with businesses and stuff. Like, don't give me this shit. But anyways, got solved eventually. So whatever. Whereas, whereas when you're direct, you know, you just say, "Hey, um, you know, Tess, I think that you're running up the bills, and I don't like it. And before you moved in, this is how much we we're paying. We need to do something about this." And you sit down and you have a conversation like adults. It takes maybe you know, fifteen minutes, maybe an hour at the worst, and then you move on. You know, yeah. I had the same things. I had the same situations with my roommate. It's like he was keeping in things for weeks on end, and it's just like fucking talk. You know, when we had the conversation, the actual conversation only lasted thirty minutes, whereas you were feeling a certain way for weeks. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that, that it's, shit doesn't make sense to me. And it's like the person's like, "Well, you should know that I feel this way." And it's like, really? Are you are you serious? It's it's ridiculous. But it's why I told Mocha, I'm like. Eventually, at the point, you know, I just I'd rather either live by myself or with, you know, the group of friends that I have because it's just you're used to dealing with things a certain way, and again, you have a choice as a person, you know, who you deal with. So you might as well deal with people where you know you're used to kind of communicating directly and and such. But sometimes we don't have liberty to to choose that, such as when money is tight and you like living in a nice condo. <laughs> So that's the other part of this whole conversation is why it's important to have somebody who's like-minded because you will find yourself in situations when you are an you know alpha male quote unquote you will be you'll find that people are more uncomfortable around you than usual you know because most people are insecure so when they meet somebody that's secure they 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 it brings out insecurities in, in themselves and the clearest version of that is when you're in a relationship with somebody and you know they, they get jealous and stuff like that it's because they don't feel secure about themselves it has most of the time has nothing to do with you so you will find yourself when you're you have a roommate or you have friends or workmates or whatever and you are a red pill guy uh red pill girl i don't know if that's even applicable but yeah <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> uh, but if you're a red pill guy like you will find yourself in situations where you're hanging out with people and the majority of the people around you are insecure and you know they, they sort of judge you or they have issues with you because of their insecurities and that's where again having somebody who's like-minded somebody who's doing the same things as you is very important yeah i think we can probably we can probably wrap it up here because I think we're kind of hitting it home and just the, I think we've actually gone over a lot of different examples, not only in, you know, business and entrepreneurship, but, you know, just in personal dealings with people. Um, because as much as 
will preach, uh, you know, red pill and being confident and being alpha. You know, nobody's perfect, and you're going to have doubts, and you need people you can lean on to kind of push you along and and to bounce things off of, and to help you out, and just finding good people and good guides to hang out with. I mean, it, it's just it's just common sense. Find good friends who you know you can bounce things off of, and if things get kind of tough, you can you can really rely on them. And that's the thing, like, you know, roommate issues or, you know, um, bouncing ideas of uh, sourcing business. Those are kind of small potatoes. But think when you have these people you can bounce this type of stuff on and you're building a relationship and you're building communication, when shit gets really bad, you know, if, you know, you're a guy and, and, and something happens with your family or, you know, with a relationship... Uh, or you lose your job, something that really hits you, you're going to have these people to rely on and to give you ideas and to keep you up And compared to someone who might drag you down in negativity. So just be really careful who you surround yourself with and choose good people. I mean, I think that's just the basis of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. I think that's a a good place to end it at. Um, So you motherfuckers, the website is fresh. It's new. Compilation episodes. Yeah, I just want to point out. You you point what? out in like what is it the Vinny Vici episode? I call the audience motherfuckers, and I'm aggressive. No, you just, call them motherfuckers. Di- it was very different. Uh, it was very different. It was a different situation. You know what? It, it was that was the beginning of the podcast. You know this is the end of the podcast. You know. You know what? I I'm a sus boss, and I think boss. Ricky boss. Listen, Ricky boss. You know, how dare you? How dare you quote Rick Ross? Yeah, I do. Uh, well, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just so I'm the, sophisticated. Ugh. I'm the biggest boast that you've seen thus far. <laughs> you know? uh, talking about a guy who just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's Rick Ross. Yeah, if you don't know who Rick Ross is, you need to, you need to, you need to figure out your life first of all. <laughs> but, but second of all, like uh, Rick Ross, man, like he just fucking doesn't, he doesn't care. He'll be naked. <laughs> topless in a, in a fucking video. And for people yeah, who just, don't know Rick Ross, this guy is like fucking fat as shit. I love him, but he, he's fucking fat. He's like, only, only fat nigga in a sauna with juice. Man, if you ever get fat, Mocha, I know what song I'm playing. Uh, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. I would never be like Rick Ross, just comfortable. Like, uh, like his last album was amazing, but I swear I heard him mention lemon pepper chickens like twenty times. <laughs> like, whole album. Wait, what was his? What was his last album? I don't. I don't remember the name. Okay. I'd have to check. I'd have to check. But I don't remember the name. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I should plug Rick Ross. Why not? Yeah, I think uh, no, it's not Teflon Don, is it? I think that's way older. No, Teflon Mastermind. Older. Mastermind. That's it. Yeah. Oh, of course, Mastermind. Mastermind. Hey, hello, hello, Mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I'm gonna tell you if you, if you want to listen to Rick Ross's Mastermind album, these are the songs that you should listen to first. It's track nine. What a shame. Uh, Supreme. That's track ten. Track 11, Black and White. Track 13, In Vain. Track 14, Sanctified. And track 16, Thug Cry. I think there's one song that I'm missing, but those are the songs on my iPhone right now. But yeah, that's, that's a solid album. Yeah. What a shame on a nigga you tried to bl- blame on a nigga. <laughs> you know, that was one of the tracks. But yeah, um, yeah, so of course, as I was saying before, you know, at this stage, we should have all the compilation episodes out. Uh, so check those out there on YouTube. They should be on our website. So enjoy. Uh, and of course, the website is redpillgen.com. That's G-E-N, redpillgen. And iTunes, we need reviews. You know, if you want to keep the podcast going, we need reviews. We might just shut this whole situation down, son, if we don't get those reviews. All right? <laughs> And then uh, Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. I don't know why I've never mentioned Stitcher before because I'm sure a lot of people listen to podcasts on Stitcher. Yeah, well, again, I'm old school, so I always download my podcast. But, yeah, uh, I feel like it seems like Stitcher is, like, really popular. So No, Stitcher is huge, man. Like, I, I use Stitcher personally, mm. you know, and I'm not getting paid to say that. <laughs> so I, I, use, I use Stitcher, and I love it because I have my podcast organized. 
This is going to sound like an advert. I have my podcast uh, categorized into like business. Buy now for only five ninety nine. No, just kidding. <laughs> business, uh, you know, business self-improvement, science, history. Um, and as like business self-improvement, science, history, like, yeah, like I have my podcast categorized like that. And then like favorites or other. Yeah. So, well, like, I think it, it's, it's also because you listen to a lot more podcasts than I do, whereas I'm more like either book or just kind of reading Sort of, and then I listen to a podcast here or there. I just use YouTube, right? So it's not as big of a deal for me. Well, for me, I like podcasts are part of my daily routine. In the morning, I put on a podcast as soon as I wake up. It's part of my morning routine. So yeah, and as for me, know, I'm just I'm just kind of finding you know different things on YouTube. Like, um, what's uh, I can't remember his name now. The 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 pursuit of happiness guy, Chris Gardner. Thank you. Yeah, I was listening to his. Uh, pursuit of happiness speech and telling his life story while I was working also during uh, the morning which is pretty awesome but uh, anyways plugging yeah yeah redpillgen.com yep redpillgen and then of course twitter you know at at redpillgen g-e-n and uh, you know I'm going to share this resource with you bitches Uh, we use this app called buffer Uh, it's b-u-f-f-e-r Tess is actually the person who introduced me to it, and I, I implemented it with Red Pill. And our engagement in terms of people who, you know, check our Facebook page and Twitter page has gone up 300%. Um, we're we're getting new t- Twitter followers, week like a couple every week, and it's growing organically. People are sharing our content. Uh, people are clicking on our podcast, which was not happening as much before. And the idea is basically you want to share more content from other people than you do your own because there are a lot of people out there who are sharing amazing stuff. And, of course, you don't have time to read every single article. You don't have time to look for cool articles all the time. And Buffer just schedules everything. So you can, if you pay for it, you can schedule for the whole year if you want to. But they have suggestions. Like you have 25 suggestions in different categories. It'll be you know, business, it'll be, you know, inspiration, it'll be fitness, it'll be, you know, love, whatever it is, and then you have the 25 suggestions, and then you just sort of schedule posts on Twitter, Facebook, uh, whatever sort of social media that you have, and you don't have to worry about it. So, like, right now, I schedule about three posts a day, right? And then you can play around with it. There are analytics there. You know, I've started to notice, personally, I've started to notice that we get more clicks when there are hashtags, at least three, two or three hashtags or more, and then a picture. So, yeah, check it out if you guys are interested. Again, we are not getting any money for that. I'm just mm. telling you some bullshit. But yeah, it's the end of the podcast. Oh. I guess that's it. Alright, peace out, guys. go where I can't go. Trying to be what I can't be. I want to teach you what I can't show. We got to reach what we can't reach. I'm trying to shine when the sun won't. I got to grind as I gun toast. She roll the weed as I'm doing me. I kept the cheese, she can count on me wonderful times. Lay her head for a young nigga. Like the day she told her dad I was a drug dealer. That explained how the cars came. And all the big money at the card games. I rolled dice with the low lights. Tim boots and a coat nice. New Porsche with smoke lights.